This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, so the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside it. Uh, for instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, so I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, but if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there i promise, I promise to, to be, be a good reliable and safe sitter and to be true to the babysitter's club forevermore in 86 Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, a podcast in which I, Jack Alexander Shepard, and I, Tanner Daniel Greenring. Wow, Daniel? Yeah, I have three names and only one of them is like normal. <laughs> Daniel is so normal. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. I did not, have you told me that before? Did you just make it up for this? No, I didn't make it up. It's been my middle name since I was Daniel born. Daniel sounds like... Tanner is a name that you would give to a dog. Yep. Daniel is a name that you would make up if you suddenly realized that you were put on the spot and you didn't have a middle name and you needed to make something up. No, it's my, it's my biological father's name. Daniel. Daniel. So your nicknamed full name is Tan Dan Greenring? Yeah. That's pretty good. My grandpa calls me TD. TD? Hey, TD, get in here. Go ahead. Um... I'm Jack Sh Alexander Shepard. Tanner Daniel Greenring. You're Tanner Daniel Greenring. What we do here is we record a podcast that is called the Babysitter's Club Club. In which I, 
No. Nope. <laughs> We've already done I think, that part. I, I think we got that part through. Um, and this week, which is episode number 16, book number 15, that's going to get confusing and annoying. Uh, we should have given the super special a super special number as well. Oh, you know what? Here's a thought. I was thinking about, I was going to say that um, that wouldn't help because iTunes already numbers your shit for you no matter what. Yeah. And it occurred to me that a thing that real podcasters do, and now we're getting there. We're a real podcast. We're getting there. Is that they talk to their baby nation. And they say... They all have baby nations? I think so. I think that's how it works, right? Okay. It's a, a large nation full of babies, uh-huh. and they're all listening to their podcasts. This one. Our, ba- our baby nation. Yeah. Hey, listen, baby nation, I I went on iTunes recently and read some of the very nice reviews that people have written for us, and that made me really happy. And you know what would be great? If you could go and write a review if you haven't. Yeah. And oh, and subscribe to our show, too. And subscribe to the show. I and check our numbers. Not enough of you subscribe. Yeah. I know there are more people in Baby Nation than are subscribing to the show. So please do us. If you like, if you like the, what is it? Kids Incorporated Inc.? Kids, Kids Incorporated Inc. If you like the show. Oh, no. We were bought out by Goliath Industries. Oh, right. Okay. So if you listen, if you listen, Goliath, Goliath Industries. <laughs> Goliath Industries Titans. If or, you guys love Goliath Industries Industries. <laughs> Please go <laughs> rate and subscribe the show on iTunes. Great. Um, good. Th- that's the first time that we've said anything like that on the show. Like, please subscribe. Give us a rating. Yeah. It feels good. It feels professional. Right. Um, unfortunately, we totally undermined ourselves. You think we're like, muddying the message a little yeah, bit? Yeah, <laughs> but that's all right. We'll get it We'll get it right by, what is this, episode Episode number 16? By episode 32, I guarantee Book 15, you. episode 16. We're going to... Um, oh, that's just going to keep getting messier because we're going to keep doing super specials? And we might every what ten apps? Yeah, every ten episodes or so, and we might start doing some little sister books. Oh yeah, that was speaking of leaving nice comments on iTunes. That was one of the nice comments that somebody left for us uh, was that they wanted us to do a little sister book. So that comment noted. We'll get around to little sister eventually. Yeah, but we're not doing the kids and misses whatever's. Class. Yeah, well, the, nobody even knows about this. There's another thing that Ann M. Martin does in the in the Sitterverse. In the baby verse, which runs concurrent to BSC and yeah, little sisters. That's like the kids of Miss Glenbrook's class, right? And it's a class at Stony Brook Academy. Yeah, that I think maybe Karen Brewer's in. Yeah, they all have mutant powers. No, I don't think they have mutant powers. I think that's it. I, I think you're thinking like of- everyone has, and like Mrs. Glenbrook is this like she's this like wheelchair bound like super psychic who's like super psychic but she's got like a big machine in her basement that helps her find other gifted youngsters yeah 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 it's good stuff but you know like there are only it's a departure yeah yeah there are only so many spinoffs that we can do right uh what did we read this week tanner we read dawn wow there's okay baby nation there's a reason that i introduced this podcast and not Tanner and I think you're witnessing it right now. It was a Dawn book. A little book that was called Little Miss Stony Brook dot 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 and and Dawn. Um, As all Dawn books are uh, very very religious. uh, I wasn't getting religion in this one. You found it? You found it. Of course you found it. I made a promise to you. You, I, I knew you weren't going to remember this, so I have to bring it up because you're not going to bother to hold me to it. But last time we read a Dawn book, you said that if I don't find a religious theme 
in the next Dawn book, like we're done. I'm not allowed to ever talk about it again. Guess what, man? What? New bet. Okay. Episode 13. Yeah. Three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Two episodes ago. Yep. I challenged you to a bet. Mm-hmm. And the s- specifics of the bet were not there, but the the outcome of the bet was. Yeah. And it was that at our first live show, mm-hmm. someone would have to wear the the outfit of Claudia Kishi's that you described. Yeah. It's and we intense. said we would figure out what the bet was later. Yeah. That's the bet. You have to find plausible religious iconography. Yeah. Religious meaning. Okay. In every Dawn book. Great. From now until our first live show. And if you don't, and I have to, you have to win me over. Okay. And if you don't, you have to wear that outfit on stage. And if you do, you have to wear I that have to wear that outfit on stage. And it sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, There's some yeah. tights involved. It's going to be all out there. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I like. I'm surprised that you would want to. Like, it's it's been so obvious so far in each one of the three Dawn books that we've had. The first book, Dawn and the Holy Trinity. Nope. That, I don't think that was the. The title. second bo- book, Dawn and the Holy Ghost. No. And this book, Dawn and the Virgin Mary. No. Nope. Here's a true thing that I would like to draw your attention to. Yeah. We normally at this stage have told our listeners what the fuck the book that we're reading is about. And there's a reason that we do that, which is that we can't expect everyone in Baby Nation to do the hard work that we do of reading these books. Reading a 120-page book for kids? Yeah. The the reason that the Baby Nation is listening to this is because they want the book summarized for them so they don't have to read it. Okay. I'm going to give you a very quick summary of the book, and then I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock and you're going to fill the listeners in on all of the minor details. Are you ready for that? Haunted by the sudden loss of her only friend, Claudia Kishi has become broken, twisted. But when she turns her malevolent intentions towards innocent, bookish Charlotte Johansson, she sets in motion a chain of events that could spell disaster for all the unsuspecting children of Stony Brook. Pressed into battle against one another against their wills, the town's youngest citizens find themselves in a fight that only one will survive. It's the Little Miss Stonybrook pageant, but the stakes are as big as they come. Little Miss Stonybrook. Dot, dot, dot. And Dawn. Do you feel like you have anything to add to that? Claudia and Charlotte were not the the main characters in this book. They were... Not even the secondary characters. Oh, for some reason it really stuck with me, though. There was something deeply sad about it. And that because you were sick and we had to skip a record and I had to reread the book, uh-huh. like this time it, that is the thing that really sank in is the way that Claudia treats Charlotte Johansson. But maybe the book that's... is actually about... Okay, great. That's a great That's a great thing for you to say. And Oh, and also, let me say before I hit this... this button to start the 60 seconds you've been dropping the ball lately there was a there no. was a, there was an episode recently where you just said one thing yeah that was that was good that was good by stacy all right so i need only you, one thing happened in that book I, yeah well that's actually true i need you to fill 60 seconds of time yeah putting 60 seconds on the clock i'm gonna start right now don the titular character of this book uh was a former beauty child beauty star Pageant? What are they called? Child pageant? Beauty pageant? 50 seconds what are they remaining. Called? Uh, she used to be one, and she catches wind about this one, 
And all the girls were like, ew, that's sexist. Ew, that's gross. We're not going to have any of our babies that we babysit enter that. But Claire and Margot Pike catch wind of it. And they're like, uh, yep, sign us up. So they ask Mrs. Pike, and she says yes, And Don, as long as Don coaches them and takes them to it. Which is perfect, because Don used to do them. All the other girls think, that's not fair. We want our babies that we babysit to be in the pageant as well. Marianne uh, brings um, Mariah. Claudia enters... Charlotte and 60 seconds. Johansson and Christy enters. Nope, that's it. Do you want to do a double take? Let me just let me wrap it up. I'm a little sick still, so you have to excuse some some of this. I'm a little slow on the draw. Also, you gave Natalie Johansson. Yeah. Like five minutes. We were very lucky to get an expert in the field. I'm becoming an expert. What did Glockham Malcolm say? What's his name? Wow. Glockham Madwell. Malcolm Gladwell. (laughs) He said, do anything for, read any book series for 15 books and you'll be an expert. I think that's it. I think, yeah. I'm going to give you 30 more seconds. Okay. To fucking wrap this up. Yeah. Can you handle it? Try to bring a little more energy. 30 seconds, man. Think about how you want to start. Think about how you want to end. Stick that landing. Let's go now. Christy brought... God, who did Christy bring? <laughs> you just wanted to get hung up on the names right all over again. I just we want to remember who Christy brought. Who did Christy bring? I can tell you because I wrote it down. Pageant roles. Claire... And Margot. And Margot. Was Dawn. Dawn. Claire plays... Does a bit where she sings a, a raunchy version of Popeye the Sailor Man. It wasn't raunchy. Margot does a bit where she recites the very long poem, The House That Jack Built. Right. While peeling a banana with her toes. Yep. Sounds gross. Mariah. Yeah. Sings The Good Ship Lollipop while tap dancing. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but whatever. And that is Marianne's charge. Charlotte, who is Claudia's charge, recites the violet turning into a blueberry scene from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. And this is kind of what I was getting at with my introduction. There's, and this is like under a section which I've now had in my notes for the last three or four books called The Eternal Sadness of Claudia. Right. Claudia, ever since Stacy left, she's turned into this very different, slightly terrifying, depressive personality. Yeah. Here's the quote where she's talking to Charlotte Johansson. You know what I miss most about her? Claudia asked. What? Said Charlotte. I missed how she was just always there. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not sure, Charlotte replied honestly. Well, said Claudia slowly, I mean that I could call her for any time for any reason. I could go to her with any problem or with any good thing that happened. I could count on her for fun or help or sympathy or anything. I guess that's what a best friend is. Yeah. That's like, I, I'm not exaggerating. That's the world that Claudia lives in now. It's a world without fun, without help, without sympathy, uh-huh. uh, and without friends. And she takes it out on this fucking innocent child who doesn't want to be entered into the Little Miss Stony Brook pat- yeah, pageant. Yeah, I feel bad for Charlotte in this book because she definitely does not want to join. And Claudia's like, come on, you got to join. And she's like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? 
Do you want to talk about some of the the more? Should we do you want to delve into the religious significance? Yeah, let me grab a beer. Okay, grab me one too. All right, uh, let's get into it, man. I want to hear you prove to me, yeah, that this book had any kind of religious imagery. I don't. I mean, I think that Dom like. It was a weird bet for you to have entered into because Dawn books always very obviously do right on the surface. Mm -hmm. The first Dawn book was Dawn and the Impossible Three, obviously a reference to the Trinity. Yep. Um, Been through that. The second Dawn book was uh, The Ghost at Dawn's House, obviously a reference to the Holy Ghost. Uh And so I kind of assumed the books get more and more about Dawn's increasingly personal relationship with God Uh um, and her sort of faith. Uh-huh. So you start with the Trinity, which is kind of a very intellectual way of approaching it. And then you have the Holy Ghost, uh, which is a more intimate way of approaching it. And then the most intimate so far is her relationship with the Virgin Mary. Okay. Look, here's a quote. The contestants will be judged on poise, talent, and looks. Yeah. So here's how they train for poise. Let's work on poise, Don suggested. She placed a book on each girl's head. Now stand up straight and walk gracefully. Uh-huh. Hail Mary, full of grace. Okay. Okay. Talent? The girls who are training for the Stony Brook pageant, every single one of them at some point when asked what they should do, at first want to sing a Christmas song. Okay. It happens every time. They're like, like Margo is like, I could do Silent Night. Yeah. There's this weird, like, the thing about Little Miss Stony Brook is, like, the question that Anna Martin is asking us is, what does it mean to be Little Miss Stony Brook? It means you get a crown. Yeah. Some flowers. Yeah. The first runner-up prize for yeah. Little Miss Stony Brook was so much better than winning Little Miss Stony Brook, which was, you get to go on a shopping spree yeah. at a local toy store. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, Mariah... Uh, wins. She's yeah. she's first runner up, and she wins a shopping spree. And yeah, they wrote, they wrote it up in the Stony Brook Times. The Stony Brook paper covers this pageant in the way that you would expect, like if it was like Watergate. There are like five articles. Like the book starts with everybody in their separate homes looking at the Stony Brook paper, and it's like front page. Like there's gonna be a beauty pageant. Right. They run an article for. Announcing it multiple times. They run an article for whoever wins it. They run an article like about the shopping spree that happens when the third place finisher does her shopping spree. Uh-huh. They run an article about the literal parade that the town of Stony Brook throws for the winner. Jesus Christ. Here's I don't always want to... I do always want this. Mm-hmm. I always want to be the one who brings it to a spooky supernatural place. Mm-hmm. You could be the guy who brings up boring academic shit, and I'll be the one who brings up exciting supernatural stuff. Okay, great. Um, what if this is such a big deal in Stony Brook because mm-hmm. it's the witches? Oh shit! Looking for the most eligible, like young, purest, young, like virginal sacrifice. Wow! For their or new or dark new lord, new witch. Oh, or or new wit. No, they'll take anybody, man. Oh yeah, they would take. They took all of them. They'll take anyone. Anyone who will drink lemonade is good enough to be a witch. Yeah, and there's some subtle. I think this is looking for the the purest sacrifice. 
Yeah. I guarantee sense. if we make it another year in this universe, yeah, which is going to take a long time because as we know, time is slowed to a crawl in this universe. Yeah. So if another year passes and we make it to another Miss Stony Brook, I guarantee you that the winner... Sabrina Bouvier. Sabrina Bouvier will not be there. Yeah. At next year's Little Miss Stony Brook because she will have been sacrificed to the great old ones. So what you're saying is that you see the Little Miss Stony Brook pageant yeah as being about a pure virgin who is sacrificed for the greater good uh, yes but i'm saying in context of like witches sacrificing it to satan okay to to bring all right we'll move on i just wanted to table that the second thing i wanted to say is actually about sabrina bouvier okay sabrina bouvier in babysitter's lore is this really interesting character because she shows up again what do you mean in, what do you mean she shows up again? She shows up again. Don't tell again me that there's a book title called, like, Hello, Sabrina. In BSC number 60. Why do you know that? Marianne's Makeover. Because for scholars of the Babysitter's Club, Sabrina Bouvier is this really mysterious figure. In the plot of Marianne's Makeover, the whole school gets all up on Marianne's jock because she gets this great makeover. And all of a sudden, the super popular eighth grader suddenly pays attention to her. The super popular eighth grader named Sabrina Bouvier, who is in Marianne's class, suddenly pays attention to her. I don't like you reading ahead. I don't like you spoiling things for the baby nation. Yeah. Sabrina Bouvier, winner of the Stony Brook pageant, is seven years old. What? The next time, that's the Stony, the Stony Brook pageant is for five to oh, seven yeah. years. The next time she shows up. She's older than Marianne. She's older than Marianne. Who's in seventh grade. Yeah, she's a year older than Marianne. Do you not find that utterly terrifying? Uh, here's what I'm thinking now, yeah. man. This Now this now goes right back wavelength. into my theory. Because I think the ritual was a success. And now Sabrina Bouvier, mm-hmm. in by book 60, she is the avatar of the great old ones. Yeah. They, they're birthed into this world, into this reality. Right, and the body they inhabit is probably Ashley, uh, uh, Sabrina Bouvier. Although I'm sure Ashley Wyeth will be there too. Yeah, that was interesting that Ashley Wyeth came into your came into your mind right then, Un, unbidden. Yeah. Here's a little line for you and for members of the Baby Nation who have been listening to enough episodes to know that we have some really strong evidence built up that something is going on with the dolls in Stony Brook. Yeah, they're in control, are basically in control. Yeah. When all of the other girls suggest that they're going to do Christmas songs at the pageant, which right. is a weird thing to do because it's not Christmas. It's a weird thing to do unless you see the pageant in the light of this being a semi-religious text and the pageant being a ritualistic version of Dawn's coming to accept the depth of her faith. Uh-huh. One baby sit e, one baby. Yep. One of the babies doesn't suggest a Christmas song to do at the pageant before settling on her actual routine. Uh-huh. And that is Karen Brewer. Right. Here's what Karen Brewer suggests. I could sit on a piano and sing, or I could tap dance, or or twirl a baton, or uh-huh. make a doll talk. Ooh, I missed it. And you missed it. I missed make a doll talk? And that's Karen Brewer. Karen Brewer, who we know is a representative of, of the forces of good here. Is Karen also the one who took control over a doll in a previous book? Some no, other that was, baby. That was, I think, Margot. Uh, yeah. 
It wasn't Karen, but no, this is. I think this. This is this is Karen's way of so saying. So we've got a building resistance then. Yeah. We've well, got Karen, we've got Margot, we've got girls who are fighting back against the dolls. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see where this goes. Yeah. I just want to, I don't care about any of the Babysitter's Club or anything else. Yeah. I just want to read about Karen Brewer all the time. Karen Brewer is incredible. Oh, fucking hell. Here's the thing we haven't done. If we were smart, we would have a segment where Tanner tells you what happens in this book early on, and then mm-hmm. you would be able to listen to this podcast, and you would be able to enjoy it knowing the plot points of this book. Uh-huh. But I guess we just don't do that, no. or we do we try, do it, but we don't. We don't do it very well. Yeah, there's a huge fucking subplot in this book about Don's brother Jeff goes back to California. Goes back to California. Yeah, I was gonna get to it, but I couldn't remember who Christy was overseeing. <laughs> You really got it up. Here's here's I have a few things to say about that. One of the things is what Anna Martin's note to the readers is at the end of the book. She says, "The humor in this book was tempered by a serious subplot. It is in this book that Jeff returns to California. While Don is upset by this, she understands why Jeff misses California and their father. In fact, later in the series, Dawn faces this dilemma herself. Happy reading. This is like a classic Martin move. What does that mean? What does that mean? That Dawn's fucking leaving. What does that mean? Dawn's not leaving. Don't look. No, no, no. Get off your phone. Get off your phone. It's time for the new. It's time for our most favorite segment. Tanner looks at his phone. No, we hate I need to see if Dawn leaves. No, we can't. We hate the segment where you look shit up on your phone. The Baby Nation are among the savviest digital consumers (laughs) Uh around. Yep. These are people who know how to fucking navigate to iTunes, subscribe to a fucking podcast, right, Uh Baby Nation? Or our website, babysittersclubclub.com. Go to our fucking website, babysittersclubclub.com. fan page, facebook.com slash babysittersclubclub. They're on everything. These are people who are subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. Nonstop. Yeah. Sometimes they'll do it. They'll they'll give us f- like a five star rating. These people, these are people who are tweeting at us. Yeah, they be tweet. They'll tw- they're tweeting at us. They're f- they f- they found our Twitter handles. They're tweeting at there's us. There's no there's no Twitter handle for a Babysitters Club, so they find ours. Yeah, and they tweeted us. And yeah, we love it. Oh, these are the savviest people in the world. I go to work in the morning. My computer's not plugged in, and it hasn't been for about six years, <laughs> and I don't know how to. How do you even know about podcasting? <laughs> Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's Jerks, Jumping Jerks, Jerks, Jumping Jerks, and Tanner's Tiny, Tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. And I'm really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're back. But now I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's 
my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven. D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates thousand. all the time, so you can keep at playing least as seventy thousand. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and we'll, I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, in the, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite sized. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, only at night okay perfect I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started I I really want to play more (laughs) yeah Jack I do love the game it's very fun and we were competing but I have so many phone problems is it possible that you're holding your phone upside down tried that yeah you know you can hold your phone sideways too yeah (laughs) And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> All I know about is sitting here, chatting with my buddy uh, every week. Do you even know we're recording this? Nope. <laughs> it's, That's pretty bad. It's the news, news to me. Um, what are we talking about? Baby Nation. <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? I don't remember. You were on. A, you were ramping up to something, and of course. Oh yeah. Oh. I want to talk about Jeff. I want to talk about the Jeff subplot. I want to give you a little quote, real quick. Jeff's last dinner with us was leftovers. Don't you dare say. Don't I dare say what? Why? What? What's coming into your mind unprompted? Do you want to say it for the Baby Nation? You're going to say The Last Supper. Oh, oh, interesting. No, I actually I hadn't noticed that. I was actually going to talk about how it's really sad that the last time that Don sees her brother before he moves across the country to California is is like them just having fucking leftovers. But it, please tell me, tell me what what they didn't why have did, leftovers at the last supper? Why did Jack. the la- why did the <laughs> We don't know that. <laughs> We don't know that. They had the blood of Christ <laughs> and the body of Christ. We do know that. And I don't think the Schaefers were e- drinking the blood of Christ or eating the body of Christ because they are health nuts. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, for the Baby Nation who haven't been following along, is Don's brother. Uh-huh. Uh, for the Baby Nation who reasonably may not have picked up on this because we barely talked about it, even though it's been a subplot in the last few books, is Jeff is really struggling yeah he's uh, been having a hard time in stony brook been having a fucking terrible time uh he's not getting along with his classmates he's getting into fights and the reason for all of that is because he just desperately wants to move back to disneyland daddy yeah 
which is what we call Don's father. Tell me I'm your Disneyland baby. Oh, wow, you've really perfected your Lana Del Rey yeah. version of that song. He's a Disneyland daddy for people who didn't listen to The Ghost at Dawn's House because he is the kind of daddy who... Go back and listen to it. That's a good app. That's a good fucking episode. Listen to it. Oh, this is an opportunity to tell people to fucking subscribe to the... Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to the show. And rate it and review it. And rate it and review it, please. Yeah. And follow us on (laughs) Facebook. Follow us on the... And find our personal Twitter account. I like literally don't know how to use the internet. (laughs) I have no idea. You work on it. (laughs) Jeff's moving back. To California with his dad, and it's a real bummer. It's breaking up the family. I thought that this might be a good opportunity to introduce a segment that we have on the show that's called Tearful Moments. Oh, I thought you were introducing a new segment. <laughs> no, I've got two. Se- I've got three segments related to Jeff. Okay, so we got to push through them. None of them is even dolls. None of them is even dolls. You know what? I think we should start doing spinoff podcasts. Baby Nation, shoot us a tweet. Yeah, shoot us a tweet. That if you like the doll theory stuff. Like, subscribe, <laughs> rate, review, and then shoot us a tweet. Snapchat us if you like the doll theory stuff, and we'll do a whole separate podcast that's just the dolls of Stony Brook. And we'll maybe read some of Anna Martin's other series. The doll people. Twilight of the doll people. <laughs> I think it would be a pretty short-run podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you have a tear- tearful moment this week? Um, I did, but it's going to be the same as yours. I wrote down three, so pick one and I'll fucking say the other one. Mine is mine was Don's mom mm-hmm. going to her room every night to cry. <laughs> yeah, that was actually mine. It's- Don specifically mentions that for like the last two weeks that Jeff's in town. Yeah. Every day they get home, they have dinner, and then Don's mom like retires to her room to just cry and that really bummed me out and so does don but not jeff jeff's like all like roses and skittles it's brutal and jeff is just like 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 he's like fighting with kids like finding kids in his class and shit yeah but you know what everything that happens to you is a choice whoa and you're you're choosing everything you do yeah and the reason jeff is fighting is because he made up his mind since he came to stony brook that he wants to go back to California. This is he's choosing to fight. Jesus, that's good stuff, man. This is not this is not him. This is not a step they're taking to like save Jeff from a life of crime. Jeff is like everything we do is a choice. All of us are making a choice. We're making a choice to be happy. We're making a choice to be unhappy. We're making a choice to fight Henry ha- Haggerty or whatever his name is. Jerry Haney. Jerry Haney. Yeah. So I don't buy it. I don't buy that Jeff would have become a criminal anyway. Because we're all making choices. Every day we make a choice. We make a choice to accept Little Miss Stony Brook into our lives. No. This ideal that we can always aspire to but never fully find. That in a town where a thousand different things are happening in every, every corner in every day, the Little Miss Stony Brook, when that comes onto the horizon is the one thing that everyone focuses on it's in the news have you heard the good news have you heard the good news about little miss stony brook fuck you fine i concede have you heard i concede i concede the good news i got I you concede. with the good news i got you with the good news is that what it was no it just it was the final straw because <laughs> i got more i don't like i don't want i don't want to belabor this i think that like i think there's a lot more in this book i'm not saying that that's everything that's happening in this book that's your tearful moment. That's my tearful moment. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Baby Nation, Tanner Greenring, man who is sitting across the old table from me, text him with, text him with Jamie Greenring, I suspect. Mrs. Greenring, hello. 16 episodes, you're still- Ms. Ms.? Ms. Greenring. What? I don't understand. She has consciously made a choice not to buy into the patriarchy and be referred to as wife of Tanner Greenring. You know who else would do that? Mallory. Mallory She's Pike. Miss Greenring. Mallory Pike is on a real feminist tip this book. I like that a lot. Everyone is. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Too many things. Yeah. <laughs> we have another segment that we do that is called the Burn of the Week. Burn of the Week. I was right there with you this time. God, it feels, doesn't it feel good when you do it with me? Yeah. Doesn't it feel better than when you undermine it? Yeah. It Perfect. felt good, right? Wait, I'm going to do this too, because okay. I've discovered in GarageBand that there's a filter called telephone voice. Okay. So let's do, add in like a bunch of like explosion sound effects. Yeah. But then I'm going to do a lady voice saying, burn of the week. <laughs> and we'll put that in there too. So it'll be like, burn of the week. And then like halfway through that, the lady telephone voice will go, Burn of the week. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Uh, did you have a burn of the week this week? You went first with this cheerful moment. Let me go first with the burn of the week. Yep. I actually have two. Uh-huh. One of them is related to Jeff. Was that your burn of the week? Uh-huh. All right, so I'm going to go with the other one. Uh, so this is Karen. One of my favorite things in this book is when the Little Miss Stony Brook contestants have to answer questions about, like, like, how would you make the world a better place? And when Karen gets asked it, you could almost see the wheels turning in Karen's head. She wanted to say the right thing, what Christy had told her to say, but she simply couldn't bear to be dishonest. And the question is, if your house is burning down, who would you rescue? Right. Like, and, and they rehearsed this. Christy told her, say your parents. Yeah. Say your family. Like, say yeah. your pets. Yeah. Jesse at some point is like, oh, you could say like your photo albums or right. you could like rescue your memories or something like that. Uh, she wanted to say the right thing, but she simply couldn't bear to be dishonest. I'd rescue Moosey, my stuffed cat, and Tickly, my blanket, and as many toys as I could carry. Right. Oh, uh, is there any way I could rescue a fourth thing? <laughs> if I could, it would be my brother Andrew. Uh <laughs> Oh, wait, or maybe my pen that writes in three colors. Yeah. <laughs> I captured that, too, and I captured it as a burn of the week. But it's not quite clear who it's a burn on. It's either a burn on Andrew. Yeah. Because, like, is he as good as my pen that writes in three colors? <laughs> or literally the rest of fucking Karen's entire like goddamn family. family, <laughs> including their dog, Shannon. Right. Oh, and we learned from, oh, here's a thing we learned from somebody that, uh, from Baby Nation who tweeted at us this week. There's a little sister book that's about Karen burying her pet. Right. That's like like little sister number 15. Right. So she fucking lets another dog die? Yeah. And this is this is why. It's this kind of negligence. Maybe the, maybe the dog burns in a fire. Yeah. Maybe she goes through with her promise to save Maybe Andrew. that's maybe or that one is color con- pen is contemporaneous with the fire at Marianne's house. It was a cleansing fire <laughs> that took all of Stony Brook. <laughs> Somebody was like, these dolls are getting out of control. <laughs> it was those goddamn French witch hunters. <laughs> <laughs> they finally just burned the place to the yeah. ground. Oh, man. Hey, remember how we were talking about burn of the week? Barely. Wait, no, fuck. I fucked up my own segue. <laughs> you remember how we were talking about houses burning down? Uh-huh. Speaking of burns, what's your burn of the week? My burn of the week, fucking hell, <laughs> was Jeff yeah. Schaefer is leaving 
Stony Brook, Connecticut, to move back to California. Mm -hmm. And his teacher at Stony Brook's School for Gifted Youngsters. Let me interrupt you for a second, and I'll tell you why, because I know where you're going with this. Uh I wrote down this same Burn of the Week, and when I wrote it down, I weirdly thought of you. I feel like this is some shit that you would do. The thing that the, Jerry Haney did to The thing that Jerry Haney does. It felt Haney. like a very Tanner move. Uh, t- say, please, please continue. Mrs. Wentworth yeah. at the Stony Brook Academy for Gifted Youngsters makes everyone in Jeff's class write him a car, a goodbye card. Mandatory. Have to write Jeff a goodbye card. Jeff's mortal enemy, Jerry Haney, has to write him a goodbye card. So Jeff brings all these cards home, and she's showing them to Don. And Don's like, well, did Jerry Haney write you one? And Jeff's like, yeah, take a look. And he hands it to her. And it's a beautiful card. On the front, it says, Jeff, goodbye. And on the inside, there's this beautiful, intricate, delicate drawing, complex, lines on lines, colors on colors, and hidden very subtly among the lines and colors where Mrs. Wentworth will never see it. He wrote in very small letters, and good riddance. <laughs> Which, Which is, is fucking good. awesome. Yeah. And uh, sadly, Jeff tears up the, the card and throws it in the trash because of Fucking Jeff, man. You know, you know, I don't think Jeff does it. I think Dawn does it. Oh, really? Yeah, Dawn is so mad about it that she tears it up and Dawn throws it in the garbage. Such Jeff doesn't give a shit. Jeff's on cloud nine in this book. Like they go to the airport at the end of the book to send him to California, and Don and Don's mom are like weeping, and Jeff is literally whistling. He's like, he's like, oh, California, and you know that shit is gonna like end up being a disaster. Like he's not gonna be happy there. Which brings me to another segment that we have introduced in previous episodes, but never given an official name. The Great American Novel of the Week. Okay. Um, I'd like to play a... Have we really introduced that before? I <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. It does uh, we were up. talking about Hemingway. Yeah. This one, I, this is just I, maybe too obvious, a thing that Anna Martin is doing, because she, she, she loves her Great American Novelist. Uh-huh. But... California as false hope. Like Jeff, like thinks that if he moves to California, everything's gonna be okay. Got it. Got where you're going. We we could we could play a little game that I like to call Grapes of Wrath or Little Miss Stony Brook. I'm sorry. Did you say Wrath? How do you say it? Grapes of Wrath. Wrath. Grapes of Wrath. Uh huh. Or Little Miss Stony Brook. Okay. And Dawn. Uh huh. You're gonna read me a passage. Yeah. From John Steinbeck's Grapes of I'm Wrath. I'm gonna read you a passage. You're gonna tell me whether you think it's from Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. Or Little Miss Stonybrook. Right. And Dawn. I'm sorry about what happened at school today. Really am. I couldn't help it. It's like all I can think about is California. That was Little Miss Stonybrook and Dawn. Okay. I think I think that if I could get to California, all those anger bubbles would go away, like somebody turning off the fire underneath you. Yeah, Little Miss Stonybrook and Dawn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. To California or any place, everyone a drum major leading a parade of hurts marching with our bitterness. And someday the armies of bitterness will all be going the same way and they'll all walk together and there'll be a dead terror from it. Uh, this is a guess. Yeah. This is a wild guess. Mm-hmm. Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. Yep, yep, that's the one. And I got one more. This is a hard one. Uh-huh. If only they didn't tell me I got to get off. Why... I'd probably be in California right now. You're doing an oaky accent. (laughs) Eating grapes (laughs) 
and picking an orange when I wanted. But them sons of bitches says I gotta get off, and Jesus Christ, man's gotta do what he's told to. All right, there was two giveaways in that one. <laughs> That's Jeff. That is Jeff. That's Jeff. That's Jeff. <laughs> it's Little Miss Stony Brook and Dawn. That's uh, a good segment. I think we should do Great American Novel of the Week every week. <laughs> yeah, man. that's good. Oh, yeah. You know what? Here's a fucking thing that I realized while I was taking notes for this uh, episode. We have a ton of fucking segments. We have a ton, a fucking shitload of segments uh-huh. that we never do. This is another one that you came up with. That's called Bar of the Week. Do you want to try to come up with a better way of introducing it that's not just ba 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 No, I think that's our thing. That's the thing? ba 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 Great American novel. You know what? I don't know why I put this under this segment because it could also easily go under everybody being awesome at this Stony Brook pageant when they're asked about like how they would save the world. Right. But Margot and Claire together are my ballers of the week, the two Pike sisters. Here's what Margot says when she's rehearsing the pageant. Okay, the girls were sitting side by side on the living room couch. They looked tired but determined. I hoped they could hold up during the pageant. The next day would be a long one. Margot, I said, what is your greatest wish? Global peace, she replied immediately. Right. That's fucking baller. That's a fucking five-year-old. Uh-huh. She doesn't know what it means. Great. Now, Claire, if the house were on fire and you had time to rescue three things, what would they be? I would rescue, Claire began sweetly. My family members, global peace. And the fire extinguisher. Yeah, that's good. It satisfies everyone's needs. The judges are happy with my family members. It shows compassion. (laughs) She says global peace, which not only shows up her idiot sister. It's like, oh, cool. You wish for global peace? I'm going to fucking do something about it and save it from a fire. (laughs) And then it shows her like reasoning faculties. No, she's fucking awesome. And I'm going to save the fire extinguisher and put out this fire before it does any damage. Yeah, no, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, this is the book mm-hmm. where they reveal the babysitter's oath. Yeah. It's in the very intro pages, page seven, according to my Kindle version. The babysitter's oath goes as such. Should we, you want to say it together? Yeah. You ready? Yep. I promise, I promise to, to be, be a good, reliable, and safe sitter, and to be true to the babysitter's club forevermore. That feels good. Yeah, that's the babysitter's oath that Jesse and Mallory have to recite at the beginning of this book. Yeah. I really wish that there was some way to incorporate the babysitter's oath into our podcast. I mean, we could start every episode by intoning the babysitter's oath. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't, like, it's, it's so late. I don't want to talk about the section of my notes called indoctrination into the social order. No, let's not. <laughs> let's we'll get, get out of it. I will say, do you want to know what the first word of the book is? Yeah. Order. You want to know what the second word of the book is? Order. You want to know what the third word of the book is? I'm going to guess order. Please. You want to know what the fourth word of the book is? Order. This is a book that is about these girls making choices about whether they are going to be indoctrinated into the fucking conservative social order that is the BSC Uh or they're going to go their own way. Of course it's Christy who's the one who's saying order, 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 order. Who says please? Also Christy. Okay. <laughs> but Mallory and Jesse, who are the new members, are totally rebelling against this shit. Like they like all of the babysitters are like, Hey, let's fucking enter these girls into this like patriarchal, weird, like cultural hegemony fucking pageant. 
Right. And Mallory and Jesse are both like, hey, you know what? We're out. We're like, we boycott this. Well, this like, is sexist. This is it's now weird to put girls in these fucking roles. Like, two books in a row that Mallory and Jesse have been these voices of revolution. Yeah. Last episode, they like conquered systemic racism. Yeah. This episode, they're conquering the patriarchy. Yeah. I can't wait totally. to see what's in store. It's for fucking these two. amazing. We should keep an eye on Jesse and Mallory because I think they're going to be these disruptors over I and over. I fucking love Jesse and Mallory. We're like, okay, good. This is a great segue into uh, the end of this podcast. The next book, the next book that we're reading is called Jesse's Secret Language. Uh-huh. It's going to be a Jesse POV. It's the first time, it's the first time in this series that I've been genuinely excited about reading a POV from a new babysitter. I have traditionally been bummed out that, like, suddenly, oh, like, what the fuck is Dawn going to do? Uh-huh. Then Dawn was awesome. Like, what the fuck is, oh, shit, like, Stacy's leaving? Oh, I'm actually really pleased that Stacy left. She was the fucking worst. Yeah, and like, Mallory might oh, be cool. Oh, uh, Mallory, hello, Mallory, great. What are we going to learn from Mallory? She's fucking awesome. I don't want to put too much pressure on this, but I am very excited to find out what Jesse's secret language. It's very intriguing. It's yeah. almost like clickbait. No, exactly. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is Jesse's secret language? Yeah, Je- Jesse spoke <gasps> in tongues. I, I, can I make a prediction now? Yeah, sign language. Is that what you think it is? I bet it's going to be sign language. Okay. I bet she has like a deaf family. I'm going to say uh, that you don't know how to do clickbait. Here's how we do clickbait. <laughs> Jesse speaks more than one language. The second one will surprise you. The third one will make you cry. Yeah. So it sounds like we're winding things down. Is there anything you you want to say to the baby nation, to the baby bees and the baby uh, girls and the love baby y'all. boys? Thanks for yeah. being with us. Please like, rate. Oh, this is so good. This is so this is so fucking great. We can now that we're we're real. Yeah. We're like we're fucking we're big timers now. Like us on Facebook. Like us on the Facebook. Rate rate and subscribe. Please do rate and subscribe because it actually genuinely affects. And if you're our, feeling real proactive, hit us with a review. That sounds good. And then visit our website because Jack, for some reason, insisted on getting a website. And here's the thing. like, Here's a secret, Baby Nation. If you really like the Babysitter's Club, Jack tirelessly (laughs) slaves away at writing up show notes every week (laughs) and posts it on our website. And they're very good and no one looks at them except (laughs) me. (laughs) Thank you for saying so. Yeah. I'm glad you noticed. I've been Jack Shepard. I've been Tanner Daniel Greenring. Oh, I've can I do my middle name now? Yeah. I've been Jack Alexander Shepard. I've been Tanner Daniel Greenring. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, I think boys have just been invented. In eighty six, NM Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitters Club. We got any other uh, any other uh, segments we like to do? No, but here, look at this. Yeah, see the knots of wood above the scratching post. Yeah, looks like a chihuahua's face. Okay, you see it? Yeah. Uh, uh, can, can, allow me to remind our listeners. Now you're never gonna unsee that. Oh, uh, you son of a bitch.